This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody. It's not human intelligence. If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Thursday, October 24th. This is episode 270. I'm Dan Ellis, and all the way from the United Kingdom... I'm Ryan Duffy. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Matt's back. Yay! <laughs> back from his trip and and from from a wedding last week. Yeah. Is where you were. We were we were not sure. And oh. so Matt's in studio and Ryan is joining us via Skype, though hopefully you won't be able to tell that much because he's recording audio on his end that I will incorporate. Well, now you told them. What? Now you told them. Oh. Was it were that was it supposed to be a surprise? Well, now they'll just know that Ryan sounds funny. <laughs> I think they were aware of that before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was a big secret. <laughs> yeah. So what's new with you guys? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Ryan. Uh Lulu hurt herself. Hurt herself? Yeah. Who's usually Lulu? It's, usually it's Ozzy that hurts himself. Uh-huh. So I got to spend most of the afternoon at the doggy doggy ER place. Nice. What did she do? She ripped one of her toenails off. Ow. Yeah. Mm. She wasn't in pain. Yeah. Which is weird, but every time she would keep licking it, she would start splurting blood all over the place. Ew. So. Yeah, I know that their nails bleed a whole lot. Yeah. That's what the, the vet's like. It's, it looks worse than it is. I'm like, well, I'm not. I know it looks worse than it is, but I'm more worried about infection. Mm-hmm. So I would like to get it cleaned out mm-hmm. and probably cut the piece that's falling off off because she wouldn't let me do anything like that and get some antibiotics. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. So she got a bandage on her foot now? Yeah. Well, she's only got to have the bandage on there for uh, 24 hours, mm-hmm. uh, but the cone of shame for the whole week. <laughs> mm. So did is she limping at all? Because Oliver split a nail... Uh, a couple months ago, and he, like, we knew that it had happened, aside from the bloody paw prints he was leaving everywhere because he was limping. Yeah. Uh, she's not really limping. She's more doesn't know what to do with that paw since it's all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she wants something, she scurries right over. But she wasn't limping the whole time we're at the vet office or anything. She was walking just perfectly normal. Hmm. If she didn't have those white paws, I wouldn't have noticed all the blood on it. At the dog park, so hmm. that's but that's kind of a problem with for me being colorblind because oh. <laughs> I don't know sometimes what a thing is like if it's blood or mud or fuck I don't know juice whatever taste it yeah yeah taste it uh huh sure <laughs> no yeah a lot of the time I don't know and so I'll have to pennies call somebody this else is like grape juice <laughs> <laughs> you know call somebody else over to have them look at whatever I'm looking at and say. 
you know, I'll ask him, is this blood or what is this red? What is this thing, this substance here? (laughs) And they're like, are you a Trump voter? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what this thing is. Can you tell me? Can you explain it to me? You just push the button for red. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's good that she's not in pain anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. We got her. She's got pain meds too in case she is feeling a little bit of pain, but yeah, she was, uh, she was not happy about being put under. Oh, yeah? Well, afterwards, when she just kept whining and whimpering, and she's been whimpering the whole time we've since we got home, so... Mm. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. I hope she heals quickly. Yeah, I mean, they say that heals pretty quick, but we gotta wear the cone of shame so she can't lick it. Uh-huh. Wrong. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Matthew? You've been gone for... I've been gone. ...a long time. Yeah, I was in the UK. We traveled all over. Went, we were in London for a few days. Um, went to Manchester, York, Newcastle, Edinburgh, and Glasgow, and then came home. Fun. Yeah, it was fun. I I did my damned best to infiltrate the two skeptical chaps <laughs> bunker. Uh-huh. But it's a goddamn maze. Oh, really? Yeah. Only Dan and Danielle will understand that, but. <laughs> trying to get to Dan's flat is crazy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Just inside the building. It's like a hotel. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it's just a maze of doors and hallways. <laughs> I I have no idea how to get there. Very Again. nondescript. Yeah. Like there's no, there aren't very many marking signs no. or things that you can differentiate anything from one floor to the next. Right. Uh, well, we saw you got a beer with them. With, with Dan. Dan, yeah. Yeah. I never saw Spike. He never made it. I know he had mentioned on their latest podcast, or when I just listened to theirs, that uh, he was going to try to make it back that weekend that you were going to be there, but he didn't know if work was going to allow him to get away. Yeah. So, I guess not. Hmm. But Dan couldn't have been sweeter, man. He was the nicest guy. Oh, yeah? Yep. He had, like, gifts and everything, and he was like, come over to my house, and... Uh, let me show you around and took us to a couple different spots, local pub and a couple thing, couple places in his area and showed us some things. It was neat. Looked like you guys, time. did you go to a comedy show? Or yeah, we went to a club? comedy show. Yeah. Um, also he's performed there now. Oh yeah. By now. Yeah. He did hey, some He said show. that footage is going to be ready in like two weeks so we can all see his performance. I'm kind of, I hope, he said it went good. Nice. I'll bet it's a lot funnier than my debate. less cringy (laughs) yeah less cringy for sure um and then so you got back from 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 across the pond Mm -hmm. and then last week yeah i had jet lag for a few days and then and then uh my son brandon got married i didn't even know he was engaged yeah yeah did you just find out he was engaged too? <laughs> well, they've been they've been dating for a while, but I knew they were planning on getting married. I just I just wasn't sure exactly which day it was. Okay. They've changed it once or twice and then uh it was last Thursday, so. Oh. <laughs> That's why I wasn't here and it was up in the mountains, so I didn't get any texts and I still thought the show was on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I came down out of the canyon and it was like, "Oh, you're going to be joining us tonight or what's up?" And I'm like, "Oh, no. It was like <laughs> 10 o'clock already. Oops. Oh, well. We missed you. It's glad that it's glad to have you 
It's glad to have you back. Oh, thanks. I think. <laughs> Apparently I'm in it now. It's glad <laughs> to have you back. No, <laughs> yeah, the show. We are glad to have you back. Mm. Glad that you had a good time. Yeah, that was fun. And now you got a new daughter-in-law to boot. Mm-hmm. To boot. To boot. Don't boot her. Um, I haven't done a whole lot over the last week. I did go and see Tool after we recorded last week. Yes. And it was a fucking awesome show. It was super good. Um, a friend of mine, the the company that he and his brother own, and I think they may have one other partner, but they've got a suite at the arena. And so I got to watch the concert from the suite, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> Very nice. It's uh, a sweet suite. It was a sweet suite. And I was a guest on the Left at the Valley podcast on Saturday. I believe that's already, yeah, it is already out. They, they edit and turn that shit around super fast. I think Kevin, who's one of the hosts of the show, sent me links to everything within just a couple hours of finishing up. And I'm like, fuck, man. Oh, wow. I can't edit and post all that shit that fast. <laughs> Takes me a very long time. And then we had Gray's birthday party on Sunday. That went very well. I still did not hear anything from my father or grandmother either way. So Yeah, I was going to say, no surprises there? Yeah, no surprise pop in by them. They didn't call to find out what was going on or anything. So didn't didn't have to worry about that. I still have to have a conversation with them eventually, but I didn't have to do it before his birthday. So that was fine. And then Tracy's brother is moving back here from Austin. Um, he got a new job and is moving back to Utah, probably in one of the Jordans, either South or West Jordan is where he'll be getting a place and then uh, starting work at a different company here. So he was here from, I think, Saturday, either Friday or Saturday until yesterday. And so that kind of threw off Threw a bunch of stuff out of whack and off time, so I didn't get the episode out yet. I have been editing it and actually just finished editing while we were sitting here, so I'll get that posted as soon as we finish recording tonight. Posted the debate episode yesterday so that everybody can listen to that and be mildly entertained, <laughs> maybe? Hopefully. Um, we did get a message from uh, a listener uh, who just recently listened to that, that we will probably play later in this episode. But that's about it for me. Shall we talk about some newsy stuffs and things and junk? Okay. All right, we'll do that right after this. Hi, this is Christine Stenquist with Truce, together for responsible use in cannabis education. If you're interested in medical cannabis in Utah, follow us on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Utah. If you're interested in donating to our awesome nonprofit, go to truceutah.org. And thank you so much for listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. I wish you'd come to church with us, sweetheart. Church? I'd rather play golf on the holiest day of the week. Oh, finally, a character I can relate to. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So the latest on the impeachment stuff is the Republicans are fucking lunatics. Being Republicans? <laughs> Republicans are fucking lunatics, man. Uh, yesterday, they all decided that they were going to storm the uh, depositions that were taking place or that were scheduled to take place. Yeah. Uh, a large group of them decided that they were just going to barge into a skiff with their electronic devices and everything. Yep. 
And I remember that when I had my clearance, anytime I was near a skiff, they had an area outside the skiff where you were supposed to leave your electronic devices. Yeah, little lockers. Yeah, and if you took that into the skiff with you, there were lots of problems that could be caused for you because of yeah. that. Like instant like, revocation of your clearance, possible termination of your employment. Like, we had to leave our portable radios outside of those rooms when we would go into them on calls. Mm-hmm. Like, they're super serious about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, Skiff is a sensitive, compartmented information facility that is set up to discuss uh, classified information that is not for the public's ears or eyes. Uh, yeah. That's where... There were several different skiffs that um, I was aware of when I worked for the DOD on base and uh, can't really talk a whole lot more about <laughs> that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a very serious thing that you are not supposed to have electronic devices with you in those secure areas because, of course, any electronic device that can broadcast or transmit information could be used to record or broadcast live secret information that is being discussed or displayed in those areas, which is a yeah. big no-no. Um, so, yeah, like I said, yesterday, Republicans decided that they were just going to storm in there because they're pissed off that the hearings or the depositions are not being held in public. And the reason, of course, that they are not is because that would be a really terrible thing to do if you're trying to investigate a matter or a series of events, because if you broadcast all of this publicly, then anybody who hasn't yet appeared knows what everybody else is saying and they can kind of coordinate their messaging and stories and not reveal information that hasn't been revealed before. They mm -hmm. can, you know, basically try to conceal information that could be very damaging to a person or persons who are being investigated. Uh, this story comes to us from CNN. The headline says, after Republican storm hearing room, defense official testifies in impeachment inquiry. Roughly two dozen House Republicans on Wednesday stormed a closed-door deposition in secure House Intelligence Committee spaces to rail against the Democratic-led impeachment inquiry, a political stunt ratcheting up the GOP complaints about the process that delayed Wednesday's scheduled deposition for five hours. The interesting thing about this is that 13 of the Republicans who decided to do this sit on fucking committees where they can hear this information for themselves firsthand. Yeah. But they're throwing a fucking tantrum for the president trying to impress him. Yep. Uh, the conservative lawmakers led by Republican representative Matt Gates of Florida barged into the deposition and demanded, Florida man. <laughs> demanded <laughs> that they be allowed to see the closed door proceedings where members of three committees plan to interview deputy assistant, Defense Secretary Laura Cooper as part of the impeachment probe into President Donald Trump. The chaotic scene with, Republic with Republicans flouting House rules to make a political point represented a new and more confrontational phase of the Republican attack on House Intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff and the Democratic impeachment investigation. By early afternoon, pizza and snacks were being brought into the committee area. <laughs> The Republicans in the committee skiff, short for Sensitive Compartmented Information Facility, left around 2 p.m. Eastern time to attend House votes, apparently ending the protest. Our bellies are full now, and we got to go vote on stuff, so we're going to leave, but you guys are still poopy heads. Yeah. Oh, man. 
The deposition then began around 3 p.m. Eastern time, lawmakers said, a roughly five-hour delay and lasted less than four hours before Cooper left the Capitol. Once Cooper's testimony began, she provided a very technical readout of how foreign aid is dispersed, according to lawmakers. Several, several lawmakers say her testimony helped show that the Ukraine aid deviated from that normal process. Cooper, who was issued a subpoena in the same manner as State Department officials who have testified, did not give an opening statement, lawmakers said. The real fireworks happened before she started speaking. A source in the room said that as Cooper was sitting down to testify, the Republicans stormed through the room's three different doors. So this was a coordinated attack. They're going to do an attack. <laughs> Representative Bradley Byrne of Alabama was yelling at Schiff, but the California Democrat did not engage, the source said. Other Democrats, including Representative Val Demings of Florida, shouted back at both Byrne and, Rep and Republican Rep. Louis Gohmert of Texas, who were yelling about the process. Demings, according to one source in the room, asked Republicans if they were trying to teach their children that it's okay to lie, steal, and cheat so long as you don't get caught. Mm -hmm. Don't you have any work today, she said to one Republican member, according to the source. Cooper left the room while the Republicans refused to vacate the space. The source said the Capitol Police and Sergeant-at-Arms were consulted when members refused to leave the room. Which is like, what do you do? What do you do when a fellow congressman just decides that they're going to break all of these yeah. policies and procedures and like just say, well, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want? Well, the Republicans have been on this train for years now. They were doing it with Obama, uh, you know, just starting to just ignore, cold shoulder where before they were forced to engage or, or they would, they would engage because they were more mature. Then they started just cold shouldering Obama and, and obstructing. Now they're moving into, uh, into straight up confrontation mm -hmm. when the Democrats threaten to do anything, which is only once every 10 or 15 years. <laughs> well, they, they should do the same thing they do when any normal citizen tries to barge in any of their offices. Arrest they're them arrested all? and removed. You would think that that is something that should be able to happen or should have happened, but... Well, especially when they're breaking into a secure area. Yeah. While, while sending messages on all of their electronic devices yeah. and live streaming and shit. It, it just, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I saw all of this, like, breaking news. Republicans storm into committee hearings and won't leave and they're being giant douchebags. Um... It was the closest thing I've seen around here to mass civil unrest, as a member of Congress said, one source in the room. Uh, the Republicans even walked into the hearing room with their electronics, according to Democratic Rep. Jerry Connolly of Virginia, which is prohibited in space, a secure room used for discussing and handling classified information. GOP Rep. Mike Conaway of Texas, who was on the House Intelligence Committee, collected the electronics. Quote, all of us put our electronics in boxes outside, Connolly said. That skiff is used by Congress for lots of highly classified purposes. To compromise that to make a point is deeply troubling. Yeah. The committee official described it as a major security breach, and Schiff told reporters later Wednesday that he was concerned about the integrity of the skiff, though he did not elaborate. Yeah. You have to wonder now. Yeah. Did they drop anything in there? Yeah, are they planting stuff? Yeah, are I they mean, planting bugs in there? I think are that's they... a legitimate concern, to get it moved to some other place or, you know... Have it swept I, for yeah, electronic I mean, surveillance. I don't, I don't know what you do, but I think that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, and I, I, I would, I would figure that a skiff at, at you know, Congress in the in the Senate would have security guards outside it. Well, yeah, it should. I mean, but 
this is within the halls of Congress and, you know, in, in a separate room inside the building, you wouldn't think that you would need to have guards at every door. You know what I mean? Like if you've got I mean, guards if, stationed throughout the, throughout the Capitol con- buildings. But if like, if they're in session, aren't there guards outside the session room doors? I, it sounds like there weren't. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that there are guards outside the building and outside important yeah. areas, but. Well, maybe, not. maybe that'll change after this incident. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, the president's allies in Congress are trying to make it even more difficult for these witnesses to cooperate, but we're grateful that the witness is a real professional and has come forward, notwithstanding the obstacles, Schiff said. Among the Republicans participating in the protest was minority whip Steve Scalise of Louisiana, the number two House Republican, the guy who was shot last yep. year, the year before. Uh, I think that's almost two years ago now. Yeah. Gates and Scalise both suggested they might return at some point to protest further, though they did not do so Wednesday. The Storm the Room stunt came two days after Trump said that he thought Republicans, quote, have to get tougher and fight. <laughs> Many of the Republicans engaged in the protest were at a White House on two were at the White House on Tuesday meeting with Trump, and a person familiar with the matter told CNN that Trump had advanced knowledge of the plans to enter the space. And I'm sure he was encouraging them to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry. If you get arrested and charged with anything, I'll just give you a pardon, okay? It'll be fine. <laughs> pay your lawyer pay fees. For the legal fees. Yeah. I will pay your legal bills. Don't worry about it. They, I mean, he's said that to other people before. I, yeah. I imagine he probably told these guys the same thing. He said it at a rally to get someone to punch someone else. Yeah. Uh, going back to the story, the storm, the room stunt came two days after Trump said that he thought Republicans quote, have to get tougher and fight. Many of the Republicans engaged in the protest were at a white house meeting. And I've already read this fucking part. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) GOP rep Mark Meadows of North Carolina and house freedom caucus chairman, Andy Biggs, however, said Wednesday, Wednesday's protest was not raised at the meeting with Trump. The press conference that preceded the sit-in had been in the works for a week, according to one Republican lawmaker who said they had participated or they had anticipated beforehand that the event would be a traditional press conference and didn't realize until the event began that the group would push into the secure area. Republicans say they forced their way in because Democrats are holding impeachment depositions behind closed doors, denying the public the ability to see what's being said by witnesses that could be used to impeach Trump. Well, that's how investigations work. The police don't broadcast their depositions of people who are witnesses to a crime. They interview them separately so that they can't coordinate with each other. Do they, do they forget about how, when they, when Trump first got elected, how many closed door meetings they had where, where typically it would be a bipartisan situation. And the Republicans just said, no, fuck you. We're going to go have a meeting about this. And you got, you Democrats can go fuck off and have lunch. You guys can't come and be in our meeting. Remember how many times they did that? Yeah. And they forget already. Yeah. Less than four years later. Yeah, I don't even know that they forget. They just, they're fucking hypocrites. They don't give a shit. They don't give yeah. a shit. It's, I don't care. That was then, this is now, and this is a different situation, Matt. Mm-hmm. It's not about fairness. It's about who's in control, who's yeah. got power. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. Republicans say they forced their way in because Democrats, and I already read that, show your face where we can all see the travesty that you're trying to foist on America and the degrading and the degradation of our Republic that you're engaged in said rep Mo book, Mo Brooks of Alabama representative Jim Jordan, who's just a ginormous asshole. The top Republican on the oversight committee who has been in all of the depositions so far 
said the Republican disruption was justified because, quote, it's finally reached a boiling point where members just said that they're so frustrated at the idea that they can't be a part of this and see what's going on. Well, then well join too that fucking committee. bad. Yeah, the information will come out. It's, it's, you just can't see it right now. You can't be broadcasting this out to the public or running back to the president and telling him all about it. God, they're a bunch of fucking Homer Simpsons. <laughs> well, that's but I want to do it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, even one of them was saying, well, I'm supposed to get a transcript of it. And they're like, well, have you asked if the transcript is ready? But I'm supposed to get it. Like, well, yeah, you get it when it's ready, when they give it to everybody. Yeah, you don't just get to wander in there willy-nilly you're, if you're not on the committee. Yeah. But the GOP complaints about the process. Republicans who have been in the room have made the same argument about public hearings and releasing transcripts following nearly every deposition. Comes as Republicans have focused their objections on the process rather than the substance of what the witnesses have said. The GOP disruption comes one day after the committees heard from the top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine, Bill Taylor, who told lawmakers in a lengthy opening statement that Trump had demanded Ukraine launch an investigation to help him politically before U.S. security aid to Ukraine would be released, undercutting White House claims that there was no quid pro quo with Ukraine. Some Republicans in Congress have expressed concerns with Trump's conduct following Taylor's testimony, though others, like asshole Jordan, have argued Taylor did not establish a quid pro quo as Republicans continued to press Democrats to change how they conduct the impeachment inquiry. And I really don't think that they, it's up to the Republicans to decide how that this is how this is conducted. No. Uh, the picture coming out of it, based on the reporting that we've seen, I would say is not a good one, said Senator John Thune of South Dakota, who as the majority whip is a member of Senate GOP leadership. But I would also say that until we have a process that allows for everybody to see this in full transparency, it's pretty hard to draw and hard and fast conclusions. I'm guessing that's supposed to say any. But many Republicans in Congress remain fiercely loyal to Trump. Brooks responded to questions about his reaction to Taylor's testimony by arguing that, that just hearing bits and pieces of testimony means you're apt to be fooled. Quote, we don't know whether what he said is true or not because of the sham process being used, Brooks said. We have a judicial system. We have a Bill of Rights that are designed to guarantee a process so that fact finders have the best chance of reaching the conclusion or reaching the true conclusion. Democrats say that Republican complaints about the process are simply unwarranted. Republicans on the three committees, Intelligence, Foreign Affairs, and Oversight, have equal time to question witnesses. This is a major insight to how the Republicans run closed-door meetings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, they're just projecting like, well, I know that when we do closed-door meetings, we're, doing, we're up to some heinous fuckery. And yeah, so we don't want that. <laughs> we're, we're, we are so bad that we're going to storm into this skiff and interrupt your meeting because we're terrified of what you're doing in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're terrified that this is going to take down the president and harm our chances at re-election when really what would harm their chances at re-election more than anything is how they're conducting themselves now and defending a fucking criminal. Yeah, I don't think it'll affect Fox viewers, but no, it well, probably Trump won't. supporters. Yeah. Well, and actually, uh, we were watching the news before we came down here and they were talking about the low, how low information voters are e Republicans, uh, consume most of their news through Fox news and that, People who watch Fox News pretty much exclusively or as their primary source of information about the impeachment are 
98% against impeaching Trump yeah. because they're wow. fed this steady fucking diet mm -hmm. of propaganda from Fox News. Yep. They're not getting all of the information and they're getting, you know, twisted and biased information put out to them. And that's all they know. Yep. And it's because they use the one fucking shitty news source. And they don't check anything else. Right. Yeah. Well, why would I check anywhere else? Fox News tells the truth. Yeah. yeah. All of these other outlets are biased against against Trump and the Republicans. Fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Fake news. Anything that I don't agree with. Um, Schiff has said that the committee will, re will release transcripts and hold public hearings, but said they are conducting the fact-finding part of the investigation like a grand jury before a trial yeah. that's done behind closed doors. He's argued that keeping witness testimony private in the early stages prevents other witnesses from learning what others are saying and aligning their stories. Democrats also pointed to the Benghazi Select Committee run by former Representative Trey Gowdy, a South I Carolina... Hate that guy. Oh, I know, he's such a dick. <laughs> I'm glad he's not around anymore. A South Carolina Republican who conducted closed-door hearings in that investigation. Quote, This investigation clearly has far too much fact for their comfort level, so they have to stop it from moving forward, said Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a Florida Democrat who was in the room when the Republicans barged in. Representative Eric Swalwell, another genius, a California Democrat on the Intelligence Committee, said that the Republican tactics would not deter the impeachment investigation. I think Swalwell's probably a decent enough guy, but I was very much soured on him after he's after his failed run for the president uh, or to be the Democratic nominee for president this year. He's just kind of a dummy, it seemed like. <laughs> uh, quote, the tactics are an effort to delay the inevitable. They are a response to just damaging and pulverizing testimony yesterday, Swalwell said. This isn't the first time that Gates has tried to enter the House Intelligence Committee spaces during a deposition, which doesn't surprise me because he does have a criminal record. He did the same thing last week during a deposition and left after the House parliamentarians said he could not stay because he was not on the committees. But this time he brought allies and made clear he wouldn't go quietly, leading to the chaotic scene that played out Wednesday. And that's the end of the story. But I imagine that they will be revamping some of the policies around this and how to handle disruptions like this going forward. Like I, I locking the is, doors? <laughs> like like locking the doors or having guards actually stationed outside the room so that people can't just barge in, you know, stop them before they enter the room. Take away their clearances? Yeah, that would be another thing. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't take away their clearances. That is a big fucking no-no. You don't- A huge violation. Yeah. yeah you, you, don't, you don't just wander into a skiff with electronic devices. You don't tweet from inside the skiff with an electronic device. And then, so- I, Who's going to impose that, though? I think that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you're, ex you're absolutely right. I mean, what, what do you do when somebody's just like, well, what are you going to fucking do about it? Yeah. Well, this is the problem we have with police right now, too, is that there's no, there's no, there's nothing above, there's no accountability. There's no, there's no one to report the police to. There's no one to report these Republicans to. There's no one that can say, oh, well, now that you've violated the per uh, perimeters of the skiff with electronic devices, you lose your clearance like everybody else and you lose your electronic or whatever. However, whatever they do, there's nobody to do that. There's mm -hmm. nobody to enforce any of those things. And they fucking know it. Yeah. They knew that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They're, I'm sure they're that cowards. They... they wouldn't have done it if they thought that there was going to be any repercussions. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah, like I'm sure that 
any repercussions they thought may happen would be that they could be, you know, detained or, or hauled off. But anything mm. that comes out of that, I'm sure Trump would just pardon them for. So it like, what do you do when you have a, a president who has completely gone rogue and just does whatever the fuck he wants there? His, his attorneys argued in court yesterday that, yeah, if the president were to stand in the middle of fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He could continue and he wouldn't walking down the road and shooting other people. And there's nothing you can do to stop it is what his attorneys were trying to argue. Yeah. Which is fucking ridiculous. You can't, how do we arrive at a point where people defending the president are just like, oh no, he can just, you know, if he's the president. And he murders somebody, well... He can go on a killing spree. You'll just yeah. have to wait until he's not president anymore, <laughs> and then you can charge him with something. How? What? You're not going to stop him from murdering other people? Well, he's the president, and he can just kind of do what he wants until he's not president anymore. Yeah. Well, this we did a have problem, a president though, I mean, kill somebody once. What's that? We did have one president kill somebody. Oh, yeah? Well, in a duel. Yeah. In office? Yeah. Were they in a skiff? No. <laughs> they got on a boat and went to an island where it was legal. <laughs> ah. Well, see, at least they're following laws. <laughs> they were. They're like, we can't do it here. It's illegal to have a duel here, but if we go across the river, it's legal there. Hmm. And then we can shoot at each other. Yeah, that was like the 1800s where there was some weird legal shit. <laughs> yeah, there's no weird legal shit here. Like now, yeah, in Utah, where you have to put a sign in the window uh, stating whether you're a business or a restaurant. Well, now that you just mentioned it, I yeah. gotta bring this up. Do you huh. see what Utah's gonna do to all beer on November first? Uh, make it more normal. Dump it the fuck out. What? So liquor stores, any beer they have on the shelf. After November 1st, that is over 5% alcohol, they have to dump out. What? In the liquor store? In the liquor stores. This is all news to me. Why? why? Because that, because on November 1st, you're able to buy stuff that's 5.0 in the store. And they're not allowed to sell the same stuff that you can buy in the grocery store at the liquor store. So you're saying... It well, I think so. It sounded like you said anything over five percent at the yes. liquor store they have to pour out. I think you mean oh, under, under, under. Yes, okay. anything under five percent they have to pour out. Well, it just seems hugely wasteful. Yes, it does. But it also means hopefully by November first there's going to be some really good sales on alcohol, <laughs> which is like yeah, between a week now away. and November first. Yeah, maybe I should go hit the liquor store this weekend. November first of this year or next year of this year, like. Two weeks, not even. Yeah. Hmm. I'll yeah. Have to, I, I have not seen anything about that. That's. that's I just saw it today. Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting. <sighs> backwards fucking laws. <laughs> well, I know Matt has brought some articles to talk about. We'll do that on the other side of this break. Okay. Aloha, everybody. This is Nico Gonzalez former Jehovah's Witness, and a content producer for the Conversations with God podcast. Be on the lookout for my own show, coming soon, called If I Was God. You're listening to The Godless Revolution. Hello, ma'am. My goodness, you have such an attractive little garden here. Oh, thank you, young man. I just planted those flowers last week. My, how they grow. Yes, ma'am. We're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Oh, the Mormons. That's right. I'm, I'm Elder Young, and this is Elder White. Well, you two boys can just fuck right off. Ma'am? You heard me. Take that Book of Mormon and shove it so far up your righteous asses that you choke. You soul-soliciting pig fuckers. Gosh. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right, Matt, what did you bring for us this week? Uh, it's not a Florida man story exactly. Oh, yeah? But Florida, Florida woman. Florida woman. Oh. <laughs> State Representative Kim Daniels has again introduced legislation that would change optional public schools curriculum offering... Uh, related to religion into required curriculum options that all school districts across the state must offer. Required. The, the bill, which is similar to the, to one offered in the last legislative session by Representative Daniels that failed to advance out of the committee, would mandate that every district make available to high school students both an objective study of religion and an objective study of the Bible. Which hmm. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that's how it's going to go. Yeah, an objective study of yeah. it, sure. In the spirit of church-state sta- uh, church separation, House Bill 341 does at least offer this requirement. A course offered pursuant to this action must follow all state and federal laws and guidelines in maintaining religious neutrality and, uh, and accommodating the diverse religious views, traditions, and perspectives of all students in the school. A course offered pursuant to this section may not endorse favor or promote or disfavor or show hostility toward a particular religion, religious perspective, or non-religious faith. So that it would be an objective study of the Bible and what again? And religion. Of the Bible mm. and religion. So the, the why second a would it brings be a cr- only the Bible? Why yeah, not like I know. the Book of Mormon or the that's why I, that's Bhagavad why, Gita? Or... That's why I say it's not going to be objective. Yeah. Because it's clear what they're trying to do. Uh-huh. Well, if they're not allowed to like put down any other religions... The second a student comes in wanting to talk about the Quran or their religion, they're going to realize, oh, wait, we can't not let them do that. Well, yeah, but it sounds like the legislation they want to pass is the Bible only yeah. and then Then religion. they can. Yeah. Then but, they can say, no, not the Quran. This is the Bible class. Yeah. But doesn't it also say they have to be respectful towards all other religious views? Yeah, but they could still say no. Yeah. But then that's not being respectful. Well, you can say no. Just don't say the Quran is stupid. (laughs) Just say no, this is the Bible class. I I just hope if they pass it, it goes the way of that one that was in like South Carolina where they wanted to give money to religious schools. But what they really meant was Christian schools. Mm -hmm. And once they found out other religions other than Christianity could apply for it, they're like, oh, wait, we should probably get rid of this. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. We don't we don't we don't really want to learn about Satanism uh in school this week, so, yeah. so we're just maybe this wasn't this. such a great idea. Yeah. If enacted, House Bill three forty one would place Florida alongside other states that have passed similar legislation promoting the Bible in the public school curriculum. Bills recently advanced in Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, and Virginia, however, only authorize school districts to offer to offer classes on the Bible. The new bill in Florida would go further by requiring school districts to offer electives on religion and on the Bible to high school students. Most concerning, the proposal appears to come to have come right out of the Project Blitz playbook. 
Project Blitz is a coordinated campaign to introduce bills, many of which are inspired by Christian nationalism, in state, legisla- in state legislatures across the country. Religious liberty advocates have opposed the Project Blitz campaign, calling it an alarming effort to harness the power of the government to impose the faith of some onto everyone else, including our public school students. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really fucky. Like, yeah. you you would hope that they can't pass a law saying we're going to teach the Bible and that it will be required teaching in all of our schools. But it'll be objective. Sure it will. If it's objective, then why have it be a study of the Bible specifically? Yeah. Why, why not have it be, okay, we're going to require that everybody learn about religions, world religion, religions, and why would it be only, you know, they, they, I would, I would be amenable to some type of law that says, yes, we're going to teach about world religions, not only Christianity, and we're not going to only study the Bible. We're going to be studying various religions from around the world, and it would be an objective study of those. Yeah. But saying that you have to teach about the Bible and that you have to teach about religion when joined with the Bible, it's of course going to be Christianity. They're not going to look at other religions, I'm imagining. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all very fucky. Yes. No as banjo. No as banjo indeed. What else you got for us? Well, an organization supporting the separation of church and state is examining a report a reported meeting held by Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin. An awful Matt, this one. Matt Bevin. <laughs> Him and Matt Staver, hate them both. (laughs) Uh, Which they believe was a potential abuse of power. The FFRF, Freedom From Religion Foundation, filed an open records request to Governor Bevan's office on Wednesday requesting records related to a spiritual event held at the governor's mansion on Monday, which included several pastors or ministers. The letter calls for all records and responses connected to the event, uh, closing with a pointed statement on their view of the event. As you probably know, hosting campaign events, excuse me, quote, (laughs) as you probably know, hosting campaign events using state resources is illegal. As you likely also know, hosting religious events using the state, using state resources is unconstitutional. We will be examining the records for a violation of each rule, the letter states. Go get them. In a separation, in a separate statement release. FFRF asserts Bevan has repeatedly used his public office to promote his personal religion. The Republican governor is currently campaigning against Democratic Attorney General Andy Andy Bashir in in a bid to win re-election. Kentucky voters will go to the polls on November 5th to cast their ballot and decide if Bevan will remain in office or if Bashir will unseat him. President Donald Trump has been a Bevan supporter. Of course he has. Yeah. Taken to Twitter last week to voice his complete and total endorsement of the Republican incumbent. <laughs> complete and total. Yes. That's like, that's like fucking damp at work when he would send emails out to anybody thanking them for their help with something. It would thank you for your help and assistance. <laughs> Aren't they the same thing? It's, yeah. That's what Kinda. I always thought whenever I read emails from him. I haven't talked about damp for quite a while. I True. just thought that. Apparently, he's married again. Oh. Has been for some time. I didn't know that he wasn't. Well, Well, his wife died. His wife got breast cancer. Oh, yeah. And she's dead now. Yeah. And he 
remarried fairly quickly like, afterward. It seems like as if he had already known this woman. <laughs> oh, if, uh, it's my understanding that she was somebody who goes to the same LDS ward house. Oh. She's she's in the same ward. Did as he is. did they help clean the ward house together? <laughs> or maybe they just got it really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> he, he put his he put his he put his hoo-hoo daily in the woman's cha-cha. Oh. Cha-cha, she was that lady that did all the music stuff, right? <laughs> no, that was Jaja. Jaja. Right. Uh, Cha-cha Gabor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the one. She <laughs> had a funny she... accent. I thought she said cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got for us? In what they described as scriptural evidence of the right to bear arms, leading figures among the religious right gathered Wednesday Wait, to- Wait, what? Scriptural evidence of the right to bear arms? Jesus mm-hmm. didn't even have guns. Leading figures among the religious right gathered Wednesday to issue a statement arguing that Adam and Eve would have never been banished from the Garden of Eden if they had guns. Oh my fuck. What? They were going to shoot God? <laughs> Just imagine, if Adam and Eve had carried firearms and stood their ground against God, they would have been able to eat the fruit of the tree of of knowledge in peace, and he could never have forced them to leave paradise, said Pastor Hugh Peters of Houston's Second Baptist Church. Um, God was there trespassing on their property, pure and simple. He had absolutely no right to force them from their home. Had Eve been able to open carry a handgun, maybe tying it to her hip with a vine or something, God would have known to back off. This is one of the Bible's most important lessons. <laughs> Peters later issued an appeal to Jewish conservatives, insisting the Israelites would never have to had to flee Egypt had Moses simply had been issued a sidearm with which to kill the Pharaoh. <laughs> this sounds like satire. Oh it is satire. Oh, okay. good. It's I'm from like... the Onion. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I had to hurry and do. I had to hurry and get through it because Dan was typing over here to check my work. I was I'm like, like, this doesn't sound right. I'm like, but, but if there I started are some crazies. with that, then it would have been like not as entertaining. <laughs> oh. I wanted to make everyone think for a minute <laughs> because I thought it was still a funny idea. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I appreciate that that bit of satire. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine Eve and Adam just? I mean, where are, they, where, where are they going to carry their guns? They weren't clothed. Prison yeah, pocket. That's why he said with a vine or something. They were they were unashamed of their nakedness. The prison pocket. Yeah, it was only after they partook of the apple that they became aware and ashamed of their nakedness. Yes. So religion teaches you from the very earliest beginnings that you should be ashamed of nakedness Body and, shame, and yeah. naked people and sex and everything. I mean, that's, that's like the very first thing that happens. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I heard a Florida lady story where the 22 she was hiding in her vagina went off. Oh, damn. In jail. That would not be good. No, that'd be bad. Okay. I just want to know how she pulled the trigger. Uh, I don't. Mm. <laughs> like she's doing some. What are the What are those exercises they do? The Kegel exercises or Kegels, whatever. Or Kegels. Kegels. Yeah. She was doing some good yeah. Kegels, and which just sounds dangerous if you have a gun stashed in your vagina. Well, she did it beforehand, but those muscles were so tuned she could pull the trigger. She coughed. Yep. She thought it was pointing the other way. Coughed and <laughs> shot herself with the vagigan. 
Wait, yeah. so did it shoot straight up into her? No, I think it actually. I don't it didn't kill her. I just remember hearing something about a Florida. How was there a gun sideways in there? Or could be the barrel could have been facing outwards too. So it could have been oh. handle in first. Downwards. Yeah. yeah. If it would have been facing up into her, that probably it, uh, that should have killed her. But people have survived other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of really awful inappropriate jokes. Oh, what else? <laughs> what else have you got for us, Matt? This is interesting to me, anyway. Uh, Norman Reedus tells Insider he's constantly asked about whether or not Daryl may wind up with blank or blank. I'm not going to spoil anything in case people are behind. Mm. I am a little behind, so I didn't know who blank was, but that's okay. (laughs) It's a question Norman Reedus told Insider he hears all the time. So he's, so we asked him if he's ever read his character as asexual. Reedus said he has. I've gotten a lot of... Fan mail thanking me for being asexual, Reedus told Insider. Reedus didn't confirm that Daryl is a didn't confirm he's asexual on the show, telling another reporter on the red carpet as much when they attempted to ask more about Daryl's sexuality. He told us if any sort of relationship is to be explored, that Daryl's not the type of guy who's going to have a one night stand. Care has to be taken with the story. Daryl is one of the few characters on The Walking Dead who hasn't had any romantic entanglements across the AMC's show's run, leading some to wonder if he's even interested in any sort of relationship that's more than platonic. In 2014, The Walking Dead comic creator Robert Kirkman said that said on the series after show Talking Dead, the character is somewhat asexual. Hmm. Well, he and Carol kind of... You mean blank? Oh, yeah? I'm... Blank. No, I know who Carol is, yeah. but I don't know if everyone will. Well, she's been in. She's the, been in there a while. Yeah, she's been in there since I think first season. But they had kind of a interest in each other. It seemed for a little while, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that was just they were just really good friends and cared about each other a lot. But it seemed like there could maybe develop something into something there. But it didn't. But it didn't yet. Anyway, and. Now, yeah, that wouldn't probably work now, but uh, oh. I don't know. I haven't seen it last two seasons. Hmm. Yeah. So you wouldn't you wouldn't know about blank getting blanked. What? Well, I know. True. I know. I know. Blank might have gotten blanked because blank wanted to leave the show, but I heard they left it open for blank to come back. Oh. Well, I think Blank may make some appearances in future episodes, but that's if Blank can get back from the Blanks who took Blank. Ah, okay. So, we'll have to find out for sure. What else do you have for us? More, more, more! (laughs) So, just as a recap, I had to look it up. Uh The woman with the 22 in her vagina, it didn't go off. The one that went off was during a sex game. What's a sex gang? Uh, game. Oh. <laughs> a sex game where uh, you... Apparently, I don't know why they were doing it, but it's, it's from 2017. Uh, I think she died. Yeah. Uh, well, so the man who caused life-changing injuries to a genital area of his female lover after a sexual fantasy went catastrophic, catastrophically wrong has been jailed for a decade. Ah, it's one of those responsible yeah, gun owners. Yeah. Oh, well, this is coming out of the UK. This is uh-huh. Britannia Hotel. Yeah, this happened in the UK. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, apparently the they're playing some weird... sexual fantasy sodomizer with a gun? Yeah, and it went off. What it sounds like, yeah. He inserted you... a loaded shotgun. What? Which he claims to have found in the toilet of the uh, Weatherspoon Pub in Leeds train station. Uh, he inserted it into her genital area where uh, it is agreed his hand was on the trigger at the time it went off. This yeah. sounds like really fucking dumb people. Yeah. yeah. So the guy, apparently, with her still bleeding naked <laughs> on really the bed... Really fucking dumb people fucking dumbly. ...got dressed mm-hmm. and fled the hotel. I just shot this woman in the vagina, and now I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. She's used to bleeding there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it was bad. And she lived. She lived? Yeah. Whoa. It says uh, she was rushed to Manchester Royal Infirmary with multiple gunshot pellets in the abdomen and received significant tra- uh, trauma injuries. The victim received emergency surgery, which saved her life, but is recovering from life-changing injuries. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Man. Uh, oh. Apparently, she told cops that he was a bad man who tried to blow her insides out. She sounds like a child. Yeah. The guy doesn't look very nice in the picture, but yeah, this is from a uh, thing from the, te- wait, the Telegraph. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah, it's from 2017. That's so, wild, man. Yeah. Okay. Weird. <laughs> On to some non-kinky shit. Maybe. Was that kinky? <laughs> no, they've tried to make it kinky. I don't know who, I... I You're the one that said kinky. Yeah, well, they're... Uh, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> it's definitely that. See, this is what happens when I can research the internet while sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you find stories about slot guns? Yeah. A slot gun. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> 12 gash? Maybe it's a 410. Oh, man. <laughs> Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser has unveiled a new independent reporting detailing report detailing allegations of sex abuse against at least 166 children by 43 Roman Catholic priests over the course of 70 years. Weiser announced the more than 250-page report during a news conference on Wednesday describing the document the documented abuse of children by Catholic priests going back decades as unimaginable. Weiser also made mention of a new, of a new reparations program for victims, which will be funded by the diocese. The report states that 97 of the vic- of the victims were sexually abused after the Colorado diocese were on that notice, were on notice that the priests were, ch- were child sex abusers. So 97 of the victims were abused after, After the Colorado diocese were on notice that the priests were child sex abusers. What the fuck were they still doing in that position? <laughs> there were, <laughs> there were, what? Which position? Well, missionary. Oh, was I was going to say, it's got to be a missionary, right? Yeah. <laughs> the report also broke down the abuses by region. Since 1950, at least 127 children were victimized by 22 Roman Catholic priests in Denver. At least three children were victimized by two priests in Colorado Springs and uh, 36 children by 19 priests in Pueblo. Seems high there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, it was more um, priests. Yeah, maybe. Uh, according to investigators, no Colorado priests credibly accused of sexually abusing children were currently serving in ministry. Even currently. so, the report, yeah, the report warns, we also know we cannot be positive there are none. The report is the latest in a series of local, state, and federal investigations into Catholic sex abuse over the past year. Most were launch af- launched after Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro unveiled a bombshell report from the specially impaneled grand jury in August 2018 that detailed allegations of abuse against a thousand children by Catholic priests in the state over 70 years. Weiser told reporters that his department's involvement in the investigation began after Colorado officials noticed that one of the priests named in Pennsylvania's grand jury report had been transferred to Colorado. The Colorado Attorney General noted that the investigation did not come from government or through a grand jury as it did in Pennsylvania. Instead, it was developed after the Catholic Church in the state, quote-unquote, came forward to work with the Attorney General and negotiate for a third-party investigation overseen by former U.S. State's Attorney Robert Troyer. Man. Is is there a point in time at which the Catholic Church will not have a bunch of pedophiles working for it? I don't think is so. This just, is this just the new normal for I the mean, Catholic Church? Like will, they're just will it going at least to slow down? They're just going to keep employing and shuffling around pedophiles until they run out of money to pay for reparations to their victims? I don't know, man. Or maybe they'll just fight to make it legal. Uh, God, that's, that's fucking... T- Every time we hear about a story, it's not... Like, we get these stories coming out about the Catholic Church and priests abusing children... And it's never just like, oh, this one priest abused a kid. It's mm-hmm. like dozens oh, oh. of priests molested hundreds of kids over this long span of time. Yep. And the diocese, wherever they were, knew about it. And instead of kicking them out or sending them to the police, they just moved them somewhere else. Yeah. Here's a fresh new pool of victims for you. Mm-hmm. That's God fucking terrible. Ah. We have more news about Trump, Ugh. so that's that's exciting. Stick around, everybody. Yeah, stick around. Hello, my name is Tony from the Conversations with God podcast. And as the name suggests, on that podcast, I talk to the creator of the universe, God. We discuss philosophy, cooking, death and diseases amongst other important subjects. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution podcast, which is much better than the Conversations with God podcast. You are so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Where's that bracelet I got you? Oh, which bracelet? The one with the little engraving. Oh, the what would Jesus do? Oh, it was a nice one. Yeah, it is nice. I just, I got dressed really fast, so I didn't remember to put it on. You know what Jesus would do? What? I think he would wear the bracelet. You think Jesus would wear a bracelet that says, what would Jesus do? Well, he would if his mother-in-law got it for him. Wouldn't it say, what would I do? And wouldn't he know? If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! So yesterday, 
President Dumbfuck said something <laughs> really fucking stupid. Imagine that. Yeah. But really but is it stupid. out of the ordinary? <laughs> well, it is it is especially stupid. It's it's particularly stupid. Like this this is new levels of being fucking stupid even for the stupidest president I believe that we have ever had. Uh this story comes to us from CNN. The title of the story is Donald Trump's Colorado border wall is not a thing. Yeah, he thinks well, I'm just I'm going to play some audio here and then we'll read the story <laughs> afterward. President making a speech in Pittsburgh today and I've got to assume that he went off script because he said this. And what he said was fucking amazing. <laughs> and we're building a wall on the border of New Mexico and we're building a wall in Colorado. So he just tied New Mexico and building a wall there, which if you're building a wall along the southern border, makes sense because yeah. New Mexico is one of the southern states that has shares its border with Mexico. But apparently he thinks that New Mexico is part of Mexico, Mexico, because Gotta he be. continued and said this. We're building a beautiful wall, a big one that really works, that you can't get over, you can't get under. So joining me now, CNN's resident fact checker, Mr. Daniel Dale. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this, it kills me that the reporter can't even keep a straight face about how fucking stupid our president is. Daniel. <laughs> All right. Backswords, Colorado isn't on the border with Mexico. Is not. So obviously the border wall isn't being constructed in Colorado unless there's something we don't know. Uh, but we do know that the current status of Trump's border wall, what do we know about it? Is anything new being constructed? No. So the, the last data we have from the government is through September. And that data says that 69 miles of replacement barriers had been constructed in place of what they call dilapidated and outdated barriers. But zero new miles have been built where barriers did not exist before. So not only did he say something completely fucking stupid by basically saying that he thinks New Mexico is part of regular Mexico and that we need to build a border between Colorado and New Mexico to keep the New Mexicans out of Yeah, only old of, Mexicans are allowed here. Out of out of Colorado, but he also said that they are building it, which is just a fucking lie. That's it's not being built. There are no, no new miles of fence anywhere. They have fixed up old what they call dilapidated sections of fence but they've not built any any new wall where there wasn't any kind of border wall before which which might i say obama had approved that say what now okay. that obama had actually approved the improvement of wall that was already existing oh okay yeah that makes sense but yeah i just like he lied like he just fucking lied about building fencing and then is stupid enough to think that you have to build a border wall between New Mexico and Colorado. Colorado. Uh, the story, I just, I couldn't believe it. I thought it, I swear to God, I hear and see so many stories these days that I'm like, I, I just, I think it's satire right away. And I have to go and verify it with two or three different sources before I realized, no, we, we just, our world is satire now. Everything is a fucking <laughs> yeah. joke. Everything 
is so fucking sideways that reality is now mixed with satire and shit that people thought, Hey, it would be really weird and disastrous, but also kind of funny if this were to happen, but now it's happening and it's really not funny. <laughs> it's, no. it's disastrous and sad. Uh, the story from CNN says on Wednesday night in Pittsburgh, president Donald Trump said this, and we're building a wall on the border of New Mexico and we're building a wall in Colorado. We're building a big, beautiful wall, a big one that really works that you can't get over. You can't get under. And we're building a wall in Texas. We're not building a wall in Kansas, but they get the benefits of the walls we just mentioned. Uh. Then just after midnight, Trump added this. Kiddingly, we're building a wall in Colorado. Then stated, <laughs> we're not building a wall in Kansas, but they get the benefit of the wall we're building on the border. Referred to people in the very packed auditorium from Colorado and Kansas getting the benefit of the border wall. And the story uh, continues. This is this is from Chris Saliza, by the way, and I think it is a pretty great story. And he says, okay, let's break this down step by step. Number one, Trump said that he was building a wall in Colorado. He then said, number two, he then said in a tweet that he was kidding. Number three, he also said in that tweet that he mentioned Colorado and Kansas because there were people in the audience from those states. And now for some facts. Number one. Colorado is not a border state, as Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy reminded Trump with this helpful map. <laughs> Pat Leahy <laughs> tweeted out a picture of the United States and drew on it with black Sharpie, putting like a border wall, you know, at the at the base of California and Arizona and then up the eastern side of Arizona over the top of New Mexico down between New Mexico, Texas, and Oklahoma, and then back around the the jetty part out of Texas, Texas Panhandle, and then down across the, the Mexican border again, and he just scratched out the word new over New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, watch the video. Trump quite clearly is not kidding about a wall in Colorado, and he wasn't. It He, he didn't laugh. He didn't crack a smile. There was no... Trump doesn't joke. Yeah, there was That's there the was, other thing. He there doesn't was have no, a sense of humor. There was he also no, doesn't geography. Yeah, there was no tone of humor at all in anything he said. He was being dead fucking serious that he was going to build a wall between Colorado and New Mexico. Number three, this was a speech in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yeah. not Kansas, not Colorado. Uh, it is, is it possible that Trump either had met or just knew that there were people in the audience from Colorado and Kansas? I suppose, but that doesn't explain why Trump would say a border wall was being built in Colorado, right? Yeah. Unless Trump not only met someone from Colorado in the crowd and that person told Trump of a desire for a wall in Colorado, which seems, <laughs> uh, <Odd>. unlikely. <laughs> Story continues and says, look, it seems very clear what happened here. Trump misspoke. He threw in Colorado in his building a big, beautiful wall riff, forgetting that it isn't a border state, which isn't great. But politicians make mistakes like this. Remember Barack Obama said there were 57 states on the campaign trail in 2008? I remember yep. that. But because this is Trump, he is incapable of just saying, yeah, I made a verbal slip. Big whoop. <laughs> and so he makes a ridiculous excuse. I was kidding. There were people in the audience from Colorado. 
that turns what is a small story into a much bigger story. It reminds me of Kofefi. Remember that one? Shortly after midnight. Sound familiar? In May 2017, Trump tweeted this. Despite the negative press, Kofefi. <laughs> the tweet was later deleted, but Trump sent this one the following morning. Who can figure out the true meaning of Kofefi? Enjoy. <laughs> Uh. Reporters followed up with then White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, spicy, to find out what Trump meant. The president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant, Spicer responded. Really? So you're not going to tell us? Is that that that's what's going on? You're just you're going to keep it an inside secret? Yeah, they should. He should have said that from a skiff. <laughs> <laughs> what? It seemed then and seems now that Trump meant to type coverage as in negative press coverage, and just flubbed it. No big deal. People, and this president especially, make lots of typos on Twitter. But no, because Trump simply cannot be wrong or admit an error, no matter how small. We had to listen to Spicer tell us that the president and a small group of people know exactly what he meant. Give me a break. This is, of course, totally ridiculous. But it speaks to a broader truth about Trump and the way in which he runs his administration. If the boss can never be wrong, even when it is a dumb mistake that is totally understandable and totally fixable, and the mechanisms of government are bent to make this impossible reality true, you get Colorado's border wall and Kafefi, which, well, ugh, is, <laughs> is how Crystaliza ends this editorial piece. I thought that was pretty good. It, but it just, mm. I, I just, I mean, you could tell when he was speaking that he was not joking. It was, yeah. he oh, wasn't yeah. kidding around. He was being totally serious talking to his army of dipshits. Yeah. Well, and like, like I was saying, I've never, I've never heard him make jokes or be humorous. I, I think that's a level of intelligence. That's a little bit above his. Yeah. I, I don't think he, I don't think he really understands nuance and deeper meanings. I don't think those are part of his mental capabilities. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think he, nuance he, is a word he, he knows. Yeah, he has very little, if any, sense of humor whatsoever. So the fact that he was just kidding, bullshit, dude. That's that's what that's that's like kindergarten excuses. Yeah. No, I was just kidding. God, <laughs> I was totally kidding. You couldn't tell I was joking. <laughs> you couldn't tell I was. I mean, I I said I ate my boogers, but I was just joking around. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we were all talking about different weird things that we eat. I said I like to eat buggers. Clearly, <laughs> that was a joke. And what's the reaction every kindergartner gives when you use that excuse? Yeah, right. No, yeah, right. Uh, you were telling the truth. You think it's Mexico. You think <laughs> it's Mexico. Like <laughs> 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 oh, uh, that, that story was just too good to not pass on to everybody else. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I well, wanted to... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I had at least two people send it to me on Messenger. Oh, really? I was like, yeah, he <laughs> thinks it's Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, or he did. Yeah, yeah, he totally thinks it is. He probably still thinks it is, because nobody he can do no wrong. <laughs> Speaking of jail time. And, and bitches. And bitches. Bitches. I saw, I saw this story that I thought was interesting. Uh, this comes to us from Reason.com. Massachusetts legislator proposes $200 fines, six months in jail for using the word bitch. Just the word bitch? Uh, yes. Wow. I believe so. 
State Rep. Daniel Hunt's bill is an obvious First Amendment violation, says Jim Manley of the Pacific Legal Foundation. It's a manly name. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> That's a very Jim name, too. <laughs> Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Massachusetts is taking the fight against nasty words to the next level with a new state bill that would ban the use of the word bitch in certain contexts. State nasty Rep. Words. Daniel Hunt, <laughs> Democrat of Boston, has put forward House Bill 3719. That would, that would prohibit the use of the big bad B word when deployed to, quote, to accost, annoy, degrade, or demean, end quote, any person or another person. Anyone who did so would be considered a disorderly person under state law. Penalties could include fines of up to $200 or six months in jail. Hunt's bill specifies that either the person called a bitch or a witness to the bitch calling could report the crime to the police. <laughs> Someone Witnessed has recently called calling. Hunt a bitch. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, right? I mean, what <laughs> if what if today someone said, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm taking my bitch to the doctor. <laughs> you, you did. You had to take your bitch yeah. to the doctor today. Would, would I get in trouble for that? My bitch broke a nail, so I had to take her to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Hunt introduced the bill back in May. <laughs> It was assigned to the Massachusetts Legislature's Joint Committee on the Judiciary last week, which will have a hearing on it today. The Massachusetts GOP has already criticized the bill as government overreach and an attack on free speech, reports Boston.com. Yeah. I would have to agree. Mm -hmm. Specifying that the use of the word bitch could be a criminal act at the very least seems superfluous, given that Massachusetts disorderly conduct law already bans any, quote, Offensive and disorderly acts or language, end quote, used to, quote, accost or annoy another person, end quote. It's also a violation of the First Amendment's free speech protection, says Jim Manley, an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation, a public interest law firm that litigates free speech issues. Quote, as the Supreme Court has said, there's no happy talk requirement in the First Amendment. <laughs> You cannot ban a word when it's used to annoy someone, but let them use the word when they are using the word in a positive way, Manley tells Reason. There's no confusion about this point of law. Legislatures, he says, can't just pluck words out of the dictionary and ban them. In an interview with the Boston Herald, Hunt has defended his bill by saying that it was introduced at the request of an unidentified constituent. Oh. Unidentified. And that even if it didn't serve and that even if it didn't survive a constitutional challenge, it could still be an educational for otherwise apathetic citizens, or it could still be educational for otherwise apathetic citizens. Quote, this might also eliminate the exhaustive legislative process for people that might not normally be engaged, Hunt told the Herald. Manley counters that pushing a clearly unconstitutional law through the legislative process is a colossal waste of time. Yeah. Quote, what he proposes is wasting tremendous public resources, said Manley, not only the resources that go into having the bill go through the legislative process. If by some horrible unconstitutional miracle it got passed, then courts would have to spend them striking it down. End quote. Needless to say, calling someone a bitch is often not a nice thing to do, but singling out specific words for prohibition is very clearly a violation of the First Amendment. Should such a law pass, it would introduce all sorts of problems of arbitrary or malicious enforcement. And really in the long list of words to ban, would bitch be at the top of? And I, I was know. wondering that too. 
Like, like I can think of, I can think of one word in particular that if you were, you know, that, that if you were looking to ban any specific words, the N word would probably be at the oh, top yeah. of my mm-hmm. list. Yeah. But that also God. would be unconstitutional. Kind of like and, that, uh, uh, person, it was a, what do you, what do you call the person at the school? That's like a cop, but not a cop. Resource officer. Resource officer. Uh, mm-hmm. in Milwaukee or it was Madison. Mm-hmm. That got fired because he asked a student to stop calling him the N-word. Oh, Jesus. He got fired for asking the student to stop calling, calling him, him the N-word. And they said, hey, there's a zero-tolerance policy with staff using that word. And he's like, yeah, so but the, he got the student won't stop saying it to me. So he got fired. That seems really weird. Yeah. Kind of backwards. They said, well, there's a zero-tolerance uh, zero policy to that word for staff. Did he say staff. the N-word? He did he say the asking? N-word. He, asked, he was a black guy. Asked uh-huh. the student, stop saying that word. He, he used the word. I'm not going uh-huh. to. Uh-huh. Uh, and he got fired for using it. That's hmm. very fucky. It yeah. seems like there would have to be more to the story. They said the reason why... He would have a good lawsuit on his hands. The reason why he got fired was this, the school has a... Zero tolerance policy for staff using that word. That just seems really fucky. Yeah. Like, I can understand a zero tolerance policy, but that doesn't, I mean, that's like saying we have a zero tolerance policy for anything. And when some situation arises where it's absolutely justified by saying there's a zero tolerance policy and leaving it at that and firing whomever, that just seems like a really fucking stupid way to conduct yourself. Yeah. Like I can huh. send you the article right now. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty jacked up that, yeah. that they would do that hmm. because, uh, the student should be punished more than him. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, that'll pretty much wrap things up for us this evening. We're, doing a shorter show this evening and i think that we'll be doing a shorter show going forward um we want to condense things down a little bit make it more compact for you all we talked offline and decided that was a great idea for for a variety of different reasons but we also want to hear from our listening audience So send us feedback if you are upset about that change. But going forward, we will be shortening up the show and hopefully making it, like I said, just more condensed and impactful rather than trying to fill time, I guess, or find things to talk about for two hours. I think we can easily find things that are an hour. And then having a really long show also makes it difficult to cover like one specific topic per show if we want to do a show about X. Yeah, which we kind of want to get back into a little bit. Yeah, and and usually you can cover a topic about any subject in about an hour, and if it happens to run longer than that, then that's fine, but if you can cover it in a, in an hour, why spend two hours going over the same information? So uh, that's something that we will be doing going forward. And it seems and to be the course, trend of other podcasts. Yeah, you know, I I don't listen to many podcasts that are more than a half an hour or an hour long. So that I think will be a good change, but we welcome feedback from our audience to let us know what you all think about it as well. Uh, We may not be doing a show next week because Matt has a wee one that he'll be taking out trick-or-treating. What's his costume? He's got a Batmobile and a Batman costume. Nice. Nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> or as I should say, a man-man costume. <laughs> is it like uh, 60s, 70s Adam West Batman or like Dark Knight Batman? Uh, black and yellow. Black and yellow. I think it's more like Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. Okay. Black and cool. yellow. Black. Isn't that a song? That is a song with yeah. Khalifa. Yeah. I look forward to seeing the pictures. He's a fucking cute kid, man. <laughs> He's Thanks, super man. cute. What else before we go? Yeah, like I said, we may not be doing a show next week because Matt wants to take his kid out trick-or-treating, of course. And Ryan and Sarah want to take their kids out trick-or-treating. <laughs> kind of. Well, she, I'll have to send you a picture of, of, of the costume. I'll go, if, I don't know if he's still wearing it or not. He's, Oz, she made a giant spider costume for Oz. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I want to see it. And obviously Lulu cool. is not getting a costume. Tracy and I don't have any plans other than maybe giving candy to the two or three trick-or-treaters that may show up at the door. <laughs> um, so I may record something or I may release some audio that we have uh, backlogged that I'm working on. Or there may just not be anything or we could do a rebroadcast. I don't know. It's all up in the air, people. We don't do this thing for a living. It's not, it's not that planned out. Hey, we're, we're professional as fuck. <laughs> professional AF man <laughs> faux shizzle before we go though I want to make sure that everybody knows we are still giving funds to Brandy for her uh, cancer treatment and medical bills to help pay for some of those all of our proceeds from Patreon through the end of the year will be going to Brandy and Sam I'll have links uh, in the show notes so that you can contribute directly for that if you would like to and I would ask that you please do because they could use all the help that they can get or you can become a Patreon subscriber knowing that all of the money through the end of the year will be going to Brandy and Sam. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And we don't really do more than four episodes a month. And if we do, then it's usually a bonus episode that we don't charge people for anyway. So it's like a $4 a month charge. I'm... I'm I'm guessing most of you can afford that and it would greatly help Brandy. So please do that if you can. Uh, before I go, we also want to be sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. You should do that as well if you're listening because you don't have to listen to weird ads from us here in the studio or in between. That would be Alan Firth. New Mania. Christy Kalbach. Gatheist. Steven Andrus. Uh, Letamiko Feffi. Two Skeptical Chaps. Vanessa. Don't be a Richard. Nico Gonzalez. Oliver Olson. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodapich. Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. Jesse Pointner. Bobby Digital. <laughs> Freethinker215 and Ned Flanders support Freedom Support Foundation Beyond Belief. Janet Uter. Savita Kuna. Taylor Green. Purple Dragon. Captain Samples. And Corey Ebert. Thank you all very much. I really, really appreciate it, and I'm sure Brandy and Sam do as well. And so until next week, crucify any Jesus you find roaming the streets because they're zombies. <laughs> Leave a review and Trump will erect a border on Colorado. <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay.